Solo A Star Wars Story recently hit Blu-ray, and we review it in this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Welcome to Cheerful Ghost Radio. My name is Travis, and I'm joined by... John Dotson. And in this episode, we are re-reviewing Solo A Star Wars Story, because it was recently released on Blu-ray and 4K and digital and everything else under the sun. Tim couldn't join us for this one because he has yet to get the home release, but... We'll be back with more of Tim in the next few episodes. Um, according to IMDb, during an adventure into the criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his future co-pilot Chewbacca and encounters Lando Calrissian years before joining the Rebellion. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? All right, John. We just recently reviewed the Infinity War home release, and we had some uh, some issues with the special features from that one. Wasn't great. Good movie. Yeah. The yeah. special features weren't great. Though. So what do you think about the special features for Solo? Well, so a little story. So I got the Target 4K special edition with the art book. And it came with a special feature online only through Disney Movies Anywhere. I'll talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about that later. Maybe you'll talk about it later. I don't know. But I got it mostly because I want to start getting Star Wars movies in 4K. I mentioned it previously, but I really want to start purchasing films that I want to see in Ultra HD that way. So that when I do go to 4K TV, I'll have some content ready for it. And I really like that the Target version had an art book. I sort of like that extra kind of stuff. I did not buy it for the extra special feature. I found that with a lot of the Disney special editions that come with an extra online feature, it's not typically worth it to buy it for that extra digital version. So I think I would agree with you on that. I mean, they're 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 fun and everything. It's nice to see the extra little bits, but it's by far not the best one and hasn't in any of their special features. No, no, it hasn't. I think the one that was the most surprising that went to a special feature, digital only, was the one for The Last Jedi, which was the Porg special feature. And I believe they put that on a DVD in the special edition. So you'd get it on a DVD. And it was surprising because, firstly, they only put it on one. And uh, and it was a DVD, so it was lesser quality than the Blu-ray. Um But I figured, you know, because everyone loves the Porgs, that really should have been, you know, an essential special feature, I feel. So at some point, probably that'll come back around in another re-release and we'll get that in HD. I mean, not like it's, again, huge, but it was kind of surprising. So I would say for me, compared to the other releases, like like you mentioned, Infinity War or a more less of a budget or, or or more of a budget movie, sort of like a sub $100,000. The special features on Solo are really in excess of riches, I felt like. Uh, it's also sort of a fun fact, but this uh, release is flying off shelves, at least in my area, 
Um, yeah. So I picked it up on launch day. Right. And then after that, my friends can't find it in the stores. I went to a store today with a friend just hanging out. It's not there. Um, and people are posting that they can't find it in stores because it's just not available. Travis, is that the same for you in your area, too? It absolutely is. And I was kind of surprised. I went to Target on my lunch break on the first day it was released and they had plenty. So it's not like they aren't stocking it as much as they did the previous ones. It seemed like they had about as many as they did of The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi and all that. But they're flying off the shelf. I have I don't know if it's because people kind of skipped it in the theater and heard, hey, this is actually good. You should check it out. So they went and bought it. But yeah, I'm seeing the same thing. Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty cool. Uh, I wonder if, and this is something I mentioned to my friend today, but I wonder if what people are doing is they skipped it in theaters and they just decided to buy it straight up. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you kind of look at the progression of Disney Blu-ray sales, you saw The Force Awakens, I believe, sold like three million copies. And then The Last Jedi sold something like six or nine million. I can't remember what the exact number is, but it was almost double. The amount it sort of goes against the narrative that the last Jedi was an abysmal failure when it doubled the sales of Blu-ray. It to did. The Force. I thought it was like half from what I saw. No. Huh. Oh no, 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 no. It was much, much more than 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 the than the Force Awakens. But and I kind of wonder how um, Solo is going to do. Maybe it'll make up some money in the, in the Blu-ray sales. But regardless, we don't have those numbers yet. But uh, so far, I don't know. Maybe Disney just didn't anticipate demand properly. Or it's doing really well. I'm not sure which one it is. Um, hopefully it's the latter. So each feature uh, off of it looks like um, it takes all the main story beats and it sort of um, sets it up to a really sort of traditional special feature, which it, uses, it sort of focuses on the interviews, behind the scenes, alternative takes. And it doesn't really shy away from the fact that the film was reshot with new directors. Um, I think the one that's more most prevalent sort of talks about it is the roundtable. Uh, none of the special features really directly cover it, but um, the roundtable does. And I thought that was really interesting. So um, one thing that was really neat um, was the special feature where they were talking about um, filming the Kessel Run. And one thing that I really appreciate and a couple of features that sort of strung this together, but it seems like Lucasfilm is building things, sets uh, and things to be used in multiple films, or at least they did. I remember, do you remember in this special feature where they talked about, oh, we reused this set from Rogue One, or mm-hmm. this piece of a set from Rogue yeah. One, and they also built this set uh, for the Millennium Falcon that has a star field outside of it, so the actors can actually act. I love um, that. I, yeah, I want yeah. to sit in that cockpit. That was so I amazing. I know, so it's, really, it's really great, and it seems what Lucasfilm is doing is actually really smart, which is they're building things you know, a little bit more in each movie to be used in successive movies, right? Because I can imagine that in episode nine, they're going to be using the same set that they build for Solo. And they might even use, you know, the the Millennium Falcon piece, right? Why not, right? I mean, you're going to have scenes where the Millennium Falcon goes into hyperdrive or in space. Why wouldn't you want the actors to react to something? So I think that's actually a really cool idea. So yeah, that's a really good idea that Lucasfilm is doing. Um, And so just like with the Infinity War special feature, they had a round table again. I mentioned that a little earlier Um, and that was pretty fun. It's about the same as what you get in Infinity War, except this time the round table's pressed to the disc and everyone gets a copy of it. So (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't like exclusive. Um, The one exclusive that I talked about at the beginning was Target special feature, which is Millennium Falcon from page to park. Uh, Travis, maybe you can talk a little bit about that one. 
Yeah, I actually thought that was, uh, you know, I, like I said before, it wasn't the best by far, but it was really interesting seeing. Yeah. Like for me, honestly, I had no idea how far they were going with the Star Wars at the Disney parks. And I really want to go to that. If yeah. you haven't seen this feature, basically, it almost feels and you like you probably won't because you won't be buying the Target right. special edition, probably <laughs> right. most like because it's the special 4K Target special edition. And if you can yeah. find it and you can't, it's the only way to get it on Disney <laughs> movies anywhere or movies anywhere. Go ahead, Travis. But yeah, it was it's basically. I guess almost like a real life MMO where it seems like you have this little spaceport in the Star Wars universe that you can walk around and people will interact with you differently based on what you've been doing, especially what you've been doing in your Millennium Falcon missions. But seriously, I think if I went into this park and walked into a screen reel Millennium Falcon, I would just start crying. I legitimately don't think I could hold the tears back because, I mean, can you imagine that? That would be so amazing. I can because I went to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Florida. And if you've been there, they've got Hogwarts and then they've got um, they've got Diagon Alley. And so and they're connected by the train. And for a long time, um, Universal was kicking Disney. It just in terms of the amount of so if you've been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, you can buy wands and the wands. If you buy a special kind of wand, you can wave them around in certain areas that actually interact with your environment like oh you would. that's cool it is really cool and so it's that sort of immersion started with in universal and i think disney has been like wow you know we don't have anything like the wizarding world and the wizarding world my wife and i went quite a while ago we went to disney world and we went to the wizarding world and the wizarding world is mind-bogglingly incredible i'm a harry potter fan I read all the books. I liked the films quite a bit. And it was basically incredible. And I think with what Disney's doing with the Edge of Space and then the Millennium Falcon and then the ability to, like you mentioned, there it's kind of like a real life MMO. You'll be earning credits and you'll be, you know, chased down by bounty hunters or whatever. And you can have a narrative. I think they're taking that um example from harry potter and they're like look we're gonna up our game here and i think it's gonna work really well so i'm really excited about that but uh, again if you like harry potter you should go to the wizard world it's really good and i'm definitely gonna go to galaxy's edge no question so the one that the millennium falcon from page to park it's kind of half a millennium falcon documentary which then it interviews people from lucasfilm and then the other half is hey guys we're gonna build the millennium falcon in this new disneyland theme park and we you know in our text conversation travis was like yeah this seems like an ad for disney parks but it's awesome and it really is and so for me i was wondering why isn't this on every disc for every I know. person i know <laughs> And I've talked about this in the past with our video game conversations and movie conversations. I just, I hate platform specific and I hate exclusives. Yeah, too. I, hate exclusive. I hate like, them. Give this stuff yeah. to everybody. I mean, I, I get yeah. why they're doing yeah. it. The, they probably get some extra money kickbacks from giving different retailers, different exclusives, well, but target can sell a version that's like, an ex because it's the 4K, it's more expensive, plus an extra three bucks. But I would just sort of wrap it up around the the art book, you know, mm-hmm. and then the new packaging. I wouldn't, you know, feature gate any feature like scenes or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, that um, I, I did like seeing the 
story about how the Millennium Falcon came to be and how basically the, the Tantive four was the model for the Millennium Falcon. But they were like, yep. no, this looks a little bit too similar to another ship that's in a, mm-hmm. I can't remember which TV series it was, but yeah, just some seventies thing yeah, that no one remembers. They kind of haphazardly threw together the design for the Millennium Falcon at the last minute. And it's this iconic thing. Now I love that story. Yeah. According to the legend that, Pablo Hidalgo was talking about it was the George Lucas was eating a hamburger and it had an <laughs> olive on and he took a bite out of it and he's like make it like this hamburger with a bite out of it and an olive I mean that sounds ridiculous but it could be true you know yeah. sometimes that stuff happens that way but um I think this is a great uh blu-ray release I think it's um if you're a Star Wars collector if you like collecting Star Wars stuff um Disney and Target are continuing the amazing packaging that they got right with Rogue One that they corrected after The Last Jedi because I felt like the Target Special Edition was pretty garbage. Mm -hmm. Um, Then Rogue One got so much better, but the special features in Rogue One weren't so good. They absolutely perfected it in terms of packaging and special features in The Last Jedi and Solo is good. But I would say that it's not quite as good special features wise as The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi nails. Oh, yeah. All of it. It goes, it just does. I mean, with the director and the Jedi, but Solo is really good. I mean, it's really good. Um, yeah. Anyways, what, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, Travis? I think that, I mean, you, you said a lot of the same thoughts that I had there, but specifically about The Last Jedi, I think if you put the director and the Jedi alone up against everything on Solo, The Last Jedi still wins because that was such a great documentary behind the scenes thing. I love yeah. that. Yeah, like you mentioned the Castle Run special feature, which was one of my two favorites. The other one was the the chase scene on Corellia at the beginning. I loved that they built these cars that they digitally altered in post to remove the wheels. That these people, the their cars are actually being being driven by people for that chase scene. I mean, they added in a lot of background stuff, but there's a soundstage where they set up a lot of the basic components of the city there and had people driving that chase. And that, that was amazing to see. Yep. I agree. And again, why the solo behind the scenes, special features and their special succeed is because you see how they made the movie. They don't just talk mm-hmm. about it. They show you. Yeah. And a lot like in the director and the Jedi, they use alternate takes um, to show you what's going on in the movie. In fact, the director in the Jedi goes ab- goes above and beyond and actually uses really in- interesting alternate takes to do that. Um, Solo does very similar stuff, and it is really fun to see that. Yeah. So early on, when they were kind of advertising the Blu-ray release, they gave us a deleted scene of a snowball fight. And I think we were all kind of in agreement that, you know, eh, I'm glad they cut that out. But um, what do you think about the other special or the other deleted scenes? I thought they were pretty good. I mean, I see why they were all cut, but besides that one snowball fight, when I thought they were all kind of solid and some of them would have added some extra depth to the story. This is where I should be giving you some really awesome hot take, but I haven't seen them yet. Oh, okay. All right. I, I'm saving them. I, I honestly, I, with this, with Solo, I really wanted to, and I know I should have watched them all for this review, but 
I wanted to save some of those. But yeah, when we saw that snowball fight, I'm like, well, glad this wasn't in the movie. Like, good job, Ron Howard. Uh, beyond that, I haven't seen anything. What What are some of the thoughts that you had on those? There there were a couple of them, like um, the scene with Han and Chewie in the mud fighting each other when they first meet. That like We got an extended version of that that just wasn't. Oh, yeah, there were two extendeds, right? Yeah. And I didn't care for the extendeds that much. I really wanted them to include some deleted footage from the original Lord and Miller stuff. And I wanted them to talk a little bit more about that, but they, except for the round table, they avoided that topic entirely. I understand why I get it. You want to keep the drama out, but I think that would have been interesting um, to see some of the original takes and kind of understand what people were talking about a little bit more. Now, I know Lucasfilm has all that footage. Who knows? <laughs> you know, someday we might get something really interesting. There. Yeah. And I hope we can, because I'm really interesting, really interested to see what that would be. Yeah. And I would like to see some of the um, the scenes from Rogue One that were reshot, like see what the originals were mm-hmm. and see why they mm-hmm. chose to reshoot them. But again, they probably want to bury that stuff. <laughs> Well, I hope they don't because it's mm-hmm. part of history. And I really hope at some point when they're looking to mine these films yet again, they're you know, money wins uh, and then we can buy them by that perspective, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's why I'm hoping for a kind of going a bit off topic, but hoping for an original cuts of the original trilogy to be released in 4K eventually, because people will buy that most certainly. But I, people have been speculating that Lucas may have stipulated the original trilogy re-releases are the the real ones, and you can't do anything with them. Which yeah. Besides, besides rumors, I haven't heard anything from any person about that. Apparently, Gareth Edwards was pretty upfront about he watched an original, a 4K transfer of New Hope. That was the original cut. So Lucasfilm has it. Now, I don't know. It seems like I bet money's going to win on this one, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, as in they're going to come out. And I think they should be released side by side. I find George Lucas's cuts to be fine. And I like the originals, too. So just put them out together. Um, eventually, the original trilogy is going to come out on 4K. I think it's a good time. You, can, you guys can double dip. You know, do the digital release, do the new packaging. I'll buy them. I'll buy them. And oh, yeah. t- I'll buy it again. I'll buy it again. Like I have the 2011 Blu-ray um, set, which I think is fantastic. I haven't bought an original Star Wars set since because they're all just derivatives of that. Right. Um, with new packaging. So, yeah. And get my money again, Disney. Get it again. <laughs> what do you think? Well, what do you know? Okay, so it's been a while since Solo came out in theaters, and we've already reviewed that. But have your thoughts about Solo changed any in the last few months since you've seen it again on Blu-ray? Thank you for asking, Travis. But before we do that, um, we had a little bit of a break, and um, we looked up the numbers. And I need to punch myself in the face repeatedly because I was wrong Uh, It looks like uh, The Force Awakens sold about 6 million copies and The Last Jedi sold about 3 million in terms of Blu-ray. Now, I know if I don't correct that, 
um, people are going to uh, rage and uh, destroy uh, themselves because I got the facts wrong. And I and I apologize. I apologize to a galaxy far, far away and everyone uh, because I didn't get that right. So uh, it's actually the opposite story. I uh, made a mistake in that I believed some people online that had posted something on a board and Travis corrected me, which is good. And Travis was very nice about it. Um, so I just wanted to say that I apologize to America um, for getting that wrong. <laughs> Uh, because if I don't, uh, there are people out there that will, uh, they'll get upset and, uh, you can't have that. You think people so, will just get mad on the internet like that? That never happens. I, I know. I know. How could someone, uh, take, uh, me getting some facts wrong and make that a big deal? Anyways, uh, <laughs> it is a big deal. We need to be factual here. We need to be as close as we can to, um, as accurate as possible. So, uh, you know, watching it again, I felt about the same as I did before which is pretty surprising for me. Usually I have, um, I go a little bit up or I go a little bit down in a movie when I see it the second time, usually up, um, because usually by movies I like. Uh, and this one is about the same. One thing I noticed more this time is Bradford Young's cinematography, which is so unique for a Star Wars film. Yeah. Bradford, um, and this is in the special features, and I didn't really notice this until they brought it out. And then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense why I chose that. Um, Bradford chose to use natural light on the set from how the world would be lit um, for the movie. And so it's in a lot of instances, it's sort of dark in some scenes. It's, it's really bright. And, and I really appreciated that with that. Um, we kind of watched this at two times. We had to split it up. Cause again, we got a kiddo, so it's harder to watch a movie. So we started watching this when it was a little bit lighter outside. And if you don't have a real controlled environment, this movie is very challenging to watch, I would say. Um, so if it's bright out, you're going to really see a lot of this stuff blown out. Um, which I don't think is a negative to the movie because I think that the movie is like Bradford is very cinematic. He, I I think he's considering cinema when he films stuff. And so I looked up Bradford's other work and the dude hasn't done a ton, but he did arrival before solo and holy shit arrival. So the dude is incredible. And it makes Um, a lot of sense when you know that he did arrival like that same kind but heavy use of darkness. Yeah. It was, yeah. And yeah, I love his work just based on those two movies alone. Yeah. And arrival was one of the best movies I saw that year. And solo is cinematography is incredible. And I really like John Powell's score a lot. Um, so I would say for me, the movie gets better about halfway in and sort of improves quite a bit from there. I wish Ron Howard was the director from this at the start And I really, really hope that Disney continues with the mall trilogy like we've talked about before. Just to reiterate what I mean by that is we sort of had the solo movie that we got. And then and so we got Darth Maul at the end. Spoiler alert. And in the next film, we get sort of a Tatooine smuggler movie with Solo, Jabba, Boba Fett. And then a third movie where Obi-Wan ties things up and sort of cleans up Darth Maul. And then we move on to A New Hope. That's what I want now. There's some news that Disney is slowing things down because of Solo and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I don't know what that means. I think what that means, and a lot of people take that to mean, oh, they're not going to get a movie or oh, we're not going to get this. No, we're not going to get that. Well, what I think that probably means is behind the scenes, they're going to go for multiple movies per year and they're going to be extending it out a considerable amount. For instance, I heard there was going to be a Cantina movie. And I think maybe some of these like movies where it wasn't quite a sure thing maybe they're gonna kind of scrap that that were in production or concept phase or something like that i'm okay with that 
because I don't think that it, I don't think they've talked about, they haven't talked about scrapping any of the main stuff that we know. We know that Ryan Johnson is doing a three movie um, thing. We know that the game of Thrones dudes are doing something. We know that there's like the new star Wars. Um, uh, it's not rebels. It's the new show uh, that's coming out. Resistance. That talking about resistance. Yeah. That looks pretty interesting. We know that there's a live action film that is going to be done by the Iron Man guy uh, director. So uh, John Favreau. So we know that I imagine there was a ton more going on and they're like, you know, let's just kind of work with this a little bit more. So I think that's fine. I, but again, I really hope we have a, a solo a mall trilogy that sort of t- mall t- ties them together. Probably won't, but that'd be kind of neat. So anyways, to talk about um, the ghost scale, I would say that um, it's it's a rad movie. But if we're getting out and that's what I would ghost scale it. But if I were giving it a grade, I guess I would put solo as a C somewhere. C, C plus. It's not bad. It's not super amazing, but it's a fun Star Wars movie. And I'm I'm really happy that I own it and I'm happy that I saw it. Awesome. Yeah, I watched all of the Star Wars movies except for The Last Jedi. I haven't gotten to that one yet. Um in Hashtag prep- not my Luke. <laughs> in preparation for Solo. And something that I noticed about this time through is that I liked all of them more. And that includes Solo. I actually did like this one way more. And mm. I think that I may have had a little bit of... I hadn't seen it in any of the context with the other movies yet. Yeah, so. and I didn't watch it in any uh, in chronological order with like where it would have been. But Can I ask you a question? Sure. This is not something I've looked up. Okay, so what are the films in chronological order after after okay so it's phantom menace attack of the clones revenge of the sith and what's after that solo or rogue one so the beginning of rogue one and the beginning of solo start at the right near the exact same time when uh Uh, oh the proxima thing and the rogue one thing happens about the same time yeah like when jen is a kid and then um so the majority of solo takes place before the majority of rogue one, but they start at the, about, about the same time. So if you're going okay, for so chronological order, is about the same. Yeah. All right. If you're going for chronological okay. order, you should just watch solo before rogue one. So it's entirely possible that Jin and Han Solo made out. It could have happened. It could happen. Saying. Yeah, it could happen. All right, everyone. That's why we need the mall trilogy. And they did sign her on for uh, two movie deal because you know they might want to use Jen Erso in something else at, at some point so she's got another movie in her contract yeah that'd be really cool if they like brought her in I mean I, I don't really care if they make out it's, <laughs> it's funny that they could like cross paths at something that's it's interesting okay so Solo takes place before Rogue One that, that kind of yeah. makes sense the majority of it all right continue what are you saying yeah um I ended up liking all of them more like even the ones that aren't that great hmm. like I found more to appreciate an attack of the clones than I usually do, which there's still not a lot there to appreciate, but, um, bless you, Travis, bless you. But yeah, I thought solo is, I, I think I had some star Wars fatigue, honestly, coming off of watching the last Jedi, like six times in the theater before. <laughs> I think, I think I was in a headspace of maybe we should not watch more star Wars right now when solo came out. So I ended up liking it more. Uh, I still wish that we'd gotten the, christmas release because i've gotten used to late december is star wars season and it's the right time we're not really going to get that this year but that's fine 
It'll just yep. build the anticipation for episode nine. But yeah, I think that um, I agree with you. I really hope that they don't abandon plans for anthology movies they already had. I mean, I don't, I don't know that they had anything officially slated. There were so many rumors and like inside sources at Lucasfilm say that you, you can't really tell what's real and what's not. But that stuff typically turns out to be wrong. Yeah. I found that film gossip is generally wrong and video game gossip is almost always right, which is odd, but yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but um, yeah, I want to see more of that, like the Kira and Darth Maul storyline. There's definitely more there, whether Solo is a part of it or not. They definitely set up something that is worth telling, I think. And I, th- I, yeah. I think if they're going to do more anthology movies, that's a good way to do it because they might tie back into the main plot of the anthology movies, but it's not like rogue one and solo where you're telling the prequels of events or people that happened that we've already known continuing with uh, Kira and Darth Maul in that context would be something new that still is tied to everything else. And I would love to see that, but, but yeah, for solo itself, I, I definitely think that the last half is better than the first half, but I felt the same way about Rogue One as well. It seems like the anthology movies so far take a bit to get set up, but once they do, they're pretty solid. And I think I would also give this a high rad, pretty high rad. It's hard to tell. I have started to realize that so many of these movies inform the way I look at other movies that it's hard for me to separate them. And uh, so my emotional attachment to some movies will affect how I feel about other movies. It's really hard for me to separate those out and give this a concrete score. But yeah, for me, it's a high rad. That's great. Hey everyone. This is Tim from cheerful ghost radio. My co-host and I want to thank you for listening to our show. We have a lot of fun making this podcast and I hope you enjoy it too. If you like what we're doing and you want to support us, you can do so on Patreon. Patreon is a site where people can fund the things they love. If you choose to support us at the membership level, you'll also get some awesome benefits on the Cheerful Ghost website. So head over to CheerfulGhost.com, click the heart icon at the top of the page, and support us on Patreon. Thanks! Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening.